1: So about Michael Jordan, how you go here from outside the finals? You can't even get in.
0: Welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. My name is Jason Collins.
1: And I'm Chris Muhammad.
0: And today we'll be going over the 90s. We'll be going over the evolution of the NBA in the 90s. We'll be covering the news and notes from the league from this past week. We'll also be covering our top 10 list for the 90s, which is going to be a lot of fun to cover. So yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about this week. So you want to move smoothly into the news and notes, Chris? Yeah, for sure. All right. First thing first, we have Jason Tatum losing his mind and dropping 60. 60.
1: It's the Kobe in him. It's the Kobe in him. Yes. All of Kobe's proteges have dropped. Outstanding numbers. Like first was Devin Booker with a seventy-two. Even though mm-hmm. people want to hate on his seventy-two, like oh, he shot majority free throws. No, it's seventy-two points no matter if he shot free throws. Or he was getting fouled. He dropped seventy-two. Yes, exactly. Tatum got sixty. Yes, no, we've seen sixty already from that type of guard because of Clay. But Clay's a different story. But yeah. Jason
0: Tatum got sixty. Yeah, I honestly think his his upside's higher than Melo. Like I feel like he's definitely going to be a better player than Melo.
1: But I'm glad you said that because I was one of the few people who was like, ah, oh, he's just another mellow. He's such an ISO scorer. I want to take mm-hmm. that back. Can I take that back? Oh. <laughs> I want to say that Jason Tatum is not just an ISO scorer. Mm-hmm. He's great at ISO scoring, but he's not just an ISO scorer. Yeah. He's just. He's not mellow. Mellow just up fake, jab step three million times, and takes a shot.
0: <laughs> he definitely can dominate a basketball game for real. Like, it's just. He's going to be such a force for so long and he plays for a great franchise in Boston. So, yeah, great for him.
1: Just need a point guard. It's (laughs) (laughs) all.
0: So, yeah, then we have uh, the Slim Reaper dropping 42 and 10. He looks good, Chris. He looks good. (laughs) He's looking real smooth on that court.
1: Yeah, it'll be alright. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing new. It's Kevin Durant. It's nothing new.
0: Yes. We all know. My I view him as the greatest scorer of all time. So you know Quite
1: frankly, yes. Yeah, so I would agree with that sentiment. She's so
0: amazing. Alright. Kev this is gonna hit us hard. This is gonna hit us hard in our heart, Chris. Kevin yeah. Kevin Porter Jr. dropping fifty.
1: What did I tell you? <laughs> oh my God. What did I tell you guys? I believe, wait, I might, did I mention him in one of our podcasts? I might have, and if I didn't, I'm sorry.
0: I, I think you did. I think the you did. The
1: Cavs are stupid. <laughs> fire, fire David Griffin. Fire him. He owes Please.
0: That's how whole works. I don't
1: care. <laughs> the whole, everybody needs fire. Just fire oh everybody. God. David Griffin, still the team. Everybody in front of the office, just go. Please, bye. Why? I said this. I know you did. I was like, Heaven Porter Jr., I wish they did not give him up. Because yeah. Because he will be an outstanding player. And yes. he wants to go to drive
0: 50. Yes.
1: 50. Did
0: you, did you watch it? Have you watched it?
1: I'm so upset. Because <laughs> I knew what kind of athlete he was. I knew what kind of basketball player he was. I called it. Mm-hmm. We are now, let me see count, four and oh on takes. Because I said that the Cavs would regret this.
0: Yeah, you did. You know something scary? I'm, I'm really I'm really going to go dive off at the deep end on this. I'm listening. Way off the deep end. You ready for this? Yep. His moves and the way that he plays reminds me of James Harden. Yes.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yep. If we miss out, we missed out so bad. Cavs are eating sour grapes yet again. Sour grapes. It's, I'm not saying like.
0: Ugh. He looks like him. It's the step backs. It's the side steps. The rhythm dribble through the legs. I mean, he is creating space. It's the fo- it's the footwork that reminds me of James Harden. He's six four. He's he's a little shorter than James. He's not the passer, but it's scary how much he looks like James. And
1: what's so messed up about this is that he's. He was in the perfect situation with the Cavs in order to grow as a player because he was going to get tremendous playing time. Yes. And now he's with the Wizards, and because all the stars are out right Right. now, I mean the Rockets, I'm sorry, the Rockets, and because all the stars are out right now, he gets even more playing time. It's basically like a young team running up and down the floor with Kevin Porter Jr. out there just outshining everybody.
0: That's what it is. He's amazing, bro. Like The fact that they chose... The combination of – like, if you, if you put Colin Sexton or Jerry Garland on the team, nobody's – they're not dropping 50 in a game. Like, Colin Sexton might ball hog enough to shoot, like, 40 shots, but, like, what he's doing, he's so skilled. Like, where was this on Cleveland? He didn't look like that. You know what I mean? He wasn't ISOing out like that. So I wonder if it's, like, a organizational problem, not using the players right. Maybe that's why Kevin Love is losing his mind and quitting mid-game yeah (laughs) i mean i just i don't get it man i i uh, yeah i don't get it he's he's amazing oh like i wonder how many guys are in the back of benches or coming off the benches in the nba that can do that because he was on the bench yeah
1: and this goes back to what you said everybody needs fired Think of this. This is the yes. same team okay. that said that we will win without LeBron James.
0: Bullshit. First,
1: the wood first. <laughs> <laughs> we will win without LeBron James. We don't need him.
0: The only thing we won was the lottery.
1: <laughs> well, we won the lottery one time. Because the second time we got Anthony Bennett, and we should not have gotten him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: We, we draft so well. Yes. So well. Yes. So well we draft. So well. Oh my well.
0: gosh. I can
1: go on and on about the Cavs. Every, fire everybody. David Stern, sell your team. I mean, David Griffin, sell your team.
0: <laughs> Let LeBron buy it.
1: Maybe. Yes. We can get late GM, for real. And he, yeah. he'll he'll put that team together perfectly.
0: Yes, he would. All right. Let's go to the next one. The Lakers. The Lakers are on the verge of having the play in the play-in tournament. Mm. So the 7th or 10th seats are in the play-in tournament. They're at the 6th seed right now. Luckily, LeBron just came back, which is definitely a part of the news and notes. But it's just, man, they can't, I, I, they can't make it in this play-in tournament. A three-game series? Like, anything can happen in a three-game series. Yeah. Yeah, so I... I I'm sure LeBron will kick it into high gear here and snatch the seed that plays the Nuggets.
1: (laughs) Don't do my team like that. (laughs) We got Michael Porter Jr. That's another one of our good takes that we have. And we also have the MVP, Nikola Jokic.
0: Yes, he's pretty phenomenal.
1: He's pretty much going to be the MVP. And Jason's going to protest. He said it already last (laughs) podcast.
0: Yes. All right, the last thing on the news and notes is uh, Derek Rose. I wanted to give a shout-out to him dropping 22-6. and six.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, look, Derek Rose is one of those players that you just... It's just a feel-good story.
0: Yes. He seems you know? like one of those dudes that if you met in real life, he would be, like, extremely nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He just, like, deserves it all, you know? Because he, he's been through so much, and he's still able to play... And Mm -hmm. still contribute on the basketball court. Like, that's just just a feel good story. Like, when you see him drop points, you know, and look kind of sort of like MVP rows in those early years, you're just Mm -hmm. like, wow, you know, he deserves it all.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like a lot of people feel that way about him. For sure. All right, so we're going to move into the evolution of the NBA, and we're going to start with the God of the 90s, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's Bulls era. They got six rings in the nineties. It they are the team that made basketball huge. It's Michael Jordan's the guy who made basketball huge. You know, Air Jordans shoes merchandise. He's 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 a full package.
1: Yeah, I kind of wonder. I might have to go back in the history and figure out if maybe he was the first with his own signature. Maybe like his signature shoe to go that well. So I believe they were in so like probably. Converse in like the seventies. So yeah,
0: I like think Converse. you're right. Yeah, I think Magic, might be like I think Magic and Bird were both wearing Converse because they they did a commercial shoot together. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's just definitely, definitely Jordan's era. Their teams are synonymous with winning. He's synonymous with winning. They're just dominance of the era. It's it was how do you beat michael jordan how do you guard michael jordan you know it's just that was what everybody's worried about
1: and i don't want to give it away too much but uh what does he michael make jordan the, is,
0: does he make the top 10 list chris he
1: does make the top 10 <laughs> list.
0: really giving it away there <laughs> yeah All right, we can move into the next segment, which is the godly centers of this era. So you can definitely tell we got Hakeem Olajuwon, David John, David Robinson, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Alonzo Mourning. I mean, it is just an era that has you know over since the sixties to the seventies to the eighties to the nineties. You can tell that they've developed the skill in the post game, their ability to shoot a mid range, a mid range fadeaway. Their ability to have post moves, understand leverage, footwork, you know, all those types of things, and they're more athletic than they used to be. It's just a complete phenomenal era for great centers. There's just so many of them, yeah. I
1: would, <clears throat> I would definitely agree with that sentiment, that there are this is a phenomenal era for, like, great centers because the game has already been always been played through the big men, but these centers are more athletic, like you have the young, the prime, the young Shacks, mm-hmm. the Carl Malones, and oh man, and even the Charles Barkleys. Like I mean, he's not even a center, but mm-hmm. the way he was able to play and be how his how big of an impact he was on the court. I mean, that's another big guy.
0: Yeah,
1: came Elijah Like oh my god, he's head and shoulders both.
0: Yes, yeah. he's, he's like amazing. the
1: ultimate center. Yes, he
0: is. He's amazing. Yeah, I'm so glad we have him around. Yeah on the list. Yeah. point team is on the list.
1: Exactly on the list.
0: Alright. So, I definitely felt this in the 90s. I feel like you're at a a splitting point of Mm -hmm. the old way of playing basketball, of like, rebounding, playing through the post, those types of things, but you still have that one team in the 80s, Magic Johnson's Lakers, that are starting to play with pace. And then if you watch the Bulls games, at least defensively, they put pressure on the ball so that they can get in transition. You know what I mean? Like, they did do that. Uh, You have other teams in that era that were really pushing the pace. It just feels like this pool, like the Suns really pushed the pace with Charles Barkley and Dennis Johnson. It's just, it it feels like one one way of basketball is pulling into modern NBA while the old is still winning and still being valuable, but it's getting pulled away too it's kind of a unique point in basketball
1: i just want to go by and say i agree with that because we've seen this in the beginning in -hmm. our first podcast we watched the 60s and what was the fast break called the boston Mm -hmm. that was them playing with pace that was them being revolutionary revolutionizing the game of basketball because nobody was getting up and down the floor like they were Mm -hmm. and then we see it every decade somebody picks up on the fast break and utilizes the fast break the fast break is one of the most Important parts of the basketball game, kind of, mm-hmm. because if you can beat your opponent down the floor, you can score easily. Get back on defense, and you're keeping your opponent running back and down the court, running back and forth down the court. You're getting them tired. Mm-hmm. It becomes a mental and a physical game because now you're beating them mentally because you're like, okay, I have the stamina to get up and down the court to you.
0: Yep. And it creates easier shot opportunities when the defense is not set. It's like the answer to half-court defense is increasing the pace. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then with Magic and things like that, like the way Magic was moving, the way Wilt was moving, the mm-hmm. way Kareem was able to move. I mean, I'm just naming off Lakers, but then if you look at the other teams in this era, like the Jordan team, and he was fast already. Now he's running up down the court. Like yeah. That Scotty Pippen. Break, yeah. Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Yeah. It was,
0: it was definitely a unique time in the NBA. So yeah. I, I could definitely see. A little bit of the birth point forwards too in this era. And I'm referencing specifically Scottie Pippen and Grant Hill. The only person that we can think of before this was uh Larry Bird, but these guys did bring yeah. it up full court, especially Scottie Pippen. I mean he was full court, I'm gonna make a decision, I'm either gonna pass or I'm gonna attack the rim type of guy. Like he's he's definitely very special and so is Grant Hill as a passer. And it's just nice to see these six, seven, six, eight guys who are just you know, the way the current NBA is, is whoever's the best passer on the team out carries five foot ten or seven foot two, he's gonna be initiating our offense with the ball's gonna be in his hands. That's where we're at yeah. now. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So I definitely see a a gap in shooting. Like, they start pushing farther back. You got guys like Reggie Miller who are proficient from three. Del Curry, Steph Curry's father, who's going to be in this era. John Stockton, who'd shoot from three. Like, there's the the, the shot is pushing farther back. Even some centers like Akeem Olajuwon has, has a mid-range shot. Of post fade away. Karl Malone's got some. Charles got some. Like, it's... It's definitely definitely pulling farther back and they're definitely more skilled with the ball in their hands. It definitely you can see a skill gap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like those centers are definitely getting more skill, <clears throat> becoming more skilled. We saw this with like the Moses balloons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How he was able to extend how he's able to stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. And now we see it on a different level now, because now the guards are stretching the floor more, the beds are stretching the floor more. you have having some... You, like, your powerful work is shoot three, your center might be able to shoot a little bit further, deeper... It might be to shoot deeper out than than normally thought.
0: hmm Yeah, I completely understand what you're saying.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Oh... Uh... Okay. (laughs) Am I giving it away too much? No, you are not. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Let's go into number 10 of our top 10 list. Let's start it going. Okay. All right. Somebody that barely made it. Scotty. Don't get us canceled. Scotty Pippen. So this guy is 6'8". He is in the 90s. He's putting up 21, 18, and 6, 22, 21, 20, 22, 19. So he's not scoring as much because he might have this guy named Michael Jordan playing with him. Uh, <laughs> He's going to have an insane steal numbers, close to three steals per game in some seasons. His assists range from anywhere from five to seven. And his rebounds range anywhere from seven to eight. Like he is a he's also not a great three point shooter. When I say that he's like thirty two percent all time. His career average. So what you're getting with Scottie Pippen, in my opinion, is the perfect compliment to Michael Jordan.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, Michael Jordan's flaw is he's not an amazing passer. You know what I mean. So Scottie Pippen helps that. You also have when you pair Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, you get phenomenal defenders at the perimeter of your defense, which allows you to have an identity with your team. It's kind of like having Clay and Steph on the same team. Like it gives you an identity yeah. of shooting that's really, really amazing. And that's kind of what the Bulls do and how they're great to play defense on the perimeter. I really feel like he has an amazing first step and really can put a lot of pressure on the rim. He has an okay mid-range shot, but his passing really what's makes him great at that size. And he obviously can also rebound. I feel like he's just such a well-rounded, complete player. He's not an uh, otherworldly scorer, but what he does is just so elite. He's... Definitely affects the game of basketball in every phase. Yo, what do you think?
1: I would agree. Um, because after watching Scotty, you you kind of really were able to pinpoint exactly what he does on the yes. court very easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's the one pushing the ball in transition, who's getting the ball, who's making the tough decisions. Mm-hmm. I believe we said this before about the Clippers that the Clippers they have a team of scorers but they don't have nobody to make the tough decisions Scotty is the guy who was making the tough decisions on that championship team Yes, Michael Jordan had to think about who to pass the ball to yes. that was Scotty who was thinking you know he, it was either get the ball to Jordan or get the ball to Kerr get the ball to somebody or you know score an attack and be ready in that attack mode when the time came so he played two different types of roles so with Scotty you would just say I got a pretty much an all around yeah. player and he, he definitely deserves to be on his list because of his role in the championships. Because, in my opinion, Uh-oh. Jordan would not have made it over the hump had it not been for Scotty.
0: Yeah, I can feel that. Yeah, I mean, what Scotty does takes the pressure off of Michael Jordan. He would have had to focus on passing more, which would have taken away from his scoring a little bit, and would is not he's not as good at it, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. He probably still would have just shot like fifty times without Scottie, but like my team's gonna suck. But I'm gonna average forty in my prime, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, let's head into L- John Stockton. All right, this was a fun watch. Yeah. Go ahead. John Stockton's the all-time assist leader. He's also the all-time steals leader. He's uh, all NBA eleven times, uh, all defense five times, ten time All Star. Numbers are a little underwhelming points wise. From the nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety nine, his highest points per game were seventeen point two, lowest were going real low twelve. That was in like ninety eight, but still really low. Uh, Definitely from ninety to ninety nine, his assists. We're peaking at 14.5, which is absolutely ridiculous. The lowest were like 7.5. His steals were chilling around 3.2 uh, at his peak. But yeah, this. the What's crazy about John Stockton is that we all know phenomenal passer when we associate John Stockton. But.
1: Yeah, hey, 28 is this in yes. one year. Yes.
0: But he is a much better scorer than what you think before you start watching. Like, I was expecting somebody that was really, really slow. And he's not, like, super fast, but he's really good at getting leverage and being able to finish at the rim. You know what I mean? And he's also Mm -hmm. provides great spacing because he's a great three-point shooter and free-throw shooter. So he... He can do that off of the pick and roll and shoot off the pick and roll. And it's just, he's a very skilled scorer and he's also extremely high basketball IQ. He can see the floor, see things before it happens. He's just a high level thinker of the game. That's what puts him in this realm. And yeah, that's why we have him where we sure. have him. What do you have to say?
1: I would, of course, I'm going to agree with this because I've watched the same videos you've watched. Um,. <laughs> My whole thing is basically like after watching how, after watching how he was able to set up the offense because that's what his really truly his role was. You know, he wasn't he was a good scorer, but he didn't really he didn't really devote his time to scoring. His his time was devoted to passing, that's why he was able to have me assists in one game, even though they were all Carl Malone and majority of the other players. But his his court vision, his decision making is what makes him a great make makes him a great mm-hmm. guard. The greatest, one of the greatest guards of all yeah. time. He has such a high IQ on the basketball court. It was as I was watching him, it was kind of weird because it just seems like a simple pass. But I'm like, this is the right pass for that situation. Yes. This is the right pass for that situation. Mm-hmm. This is the he's just making all the right plays, and I can see why they were able to go so far because in the pick and roll. Like, yeah, you have Carl Malone, who was, like, one of the better centers of that era, but you have to make the mm-hmm. right play. <laughs> you have to yeah. make the right pass. And that's where he thrived at. That's where he was yeah, really I good. I completely agree.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we have him where we have him. All right. We have number eight. This one's going to be a little controversial because I feel like we might have him a little low from popular opinion. but We have Charles Barkley, eight. The round mound rebound. This guy's 6'6", 250. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he's a big dude. Uh, <laughs> free throw percentage is 73.5%. Uh, so it's a little better than you expect from a power forward, especially the way he's built. Um, All-time, all-NBA, 11 times, won the MVP once in 92-93. So he's an MVP of our era. Uh, he's peeking out points-wise ri- around... 27, and the rebounds-wise, around 11 assists. The assists around 4, 4 or 5. So I was... The things that I was impressed with was the rebounding and the passing. The rebounding, passing-wise, he could really pass out of double teams. I was actually really confused at first because... I watched them play a game against the Chicago Bulls, and all the Bulls did was double-team Charles Barkley the whole time. I was like, why is Charles Barkley not scoring at all? He just kept on passing out of the double-teams the whole time. I was like, Jason, there's a reason why Charles Barkley can't score. He has two guarding. So, you know, he can pass out of double-team. He's a phenomenal rebounder. We all know round amount of rebound is going to be able to rebound. Um, But I was a little disappointed... From the post-score. Like, he has the ability like James Harden to draw fouls because he's so short. But it's just, he seems like a volume scorer. You know what I mean? It's just like, he's going to get 20 to 25 touches. And, you know, he's going to make the right play. But he's just not, he's not super skilled. He's got nice mid-range. But it's just, it's not what I was, I was expecting a dominant force. Post-force. Kind of like Zion, yeah. You know what I mean. I just, I didn't get that. I was a little surprised. Yeah, that's that's why I have him a little lower. So, what do you have to say? What do you think?
1: Um. So with Charles Barkley, like you were saying, he isn't a yes. dominant low post guy, but he definitely like from about. Ten to twelve feet out, he can dominate from that area. Basically, like he'll—he's more likely to shoot the mid range and to bang inside. Even though he is pretty strong, and he mm-hmm. kind of like can take the center out of the game. He's more likely to shoot that mid range, shoot that um, three pointer. You know, if he's open for it. Uh, where they really were able to thrive at was, you know, how you were saying they play with pace. So now you have the smaller guy who's pretty strong and who can also score from kind of fo- from—he doesn't have to be back to the basket. That allows that team to be more effective. Because they can run down the court, give the ball to Barkley, and then. Yeah, and he's also a really good uh,
0: rim runner, and he's going to seal really well. Like he talks about that a lot whenever he talks about basketball. He talks about sealing the post guy in the fast break and trying to get duck ins and all that type of stuff. So he's, he's good at getting good post positioning in the right moments. So he has high basketball IQ from that standpoint. All right, let's move on to the two very controversial players. I definitely want to say before we name these two guys, we're viewing peak more important than them playing the full nineties, because these guys do have terrible injuries that cause them to have their careers shut short. You're giving (laughs) it away. Maybe a little bit. (laughs) All right, Grant Hill. Grant Hill is number 7. So Grant Hill is 68. Grant Hill's a five-time All-NBA. He is going to be a seven-time All-Star, he's in the Hall of Fame. Three-point percentage on, 32% for career-wise. His highest points per game in the 90s, you're looking at 25 and 8. Highest assists are around 7.3. Highest rebounds are 9. So what I was really, really impressed with was he just had this – he has a really nice mid-range shot, which makes the players at least guard him out there. He has extremely explosive step, and he has one of the first guys to really use the crossover well. Like he's going to lean one way and cross over and just get that step on the guy, and he's going to finish at the rim. He is a little more, he's like, you You think he's athletic, but he's like sneaky athletic more than what you think. Like I saw him dunk on two guys and take off from two feet. I really wasn't expecting it, but he really, he was, it was really impressive. So I just, uh, it, he's, he's definitely a point forward. He has great passing ability, which raises him higher on this list. He's He's very much not a 90s small forward or an 80s small forward, a 70s small forward. Like, he doesn't post up mm-hmm. at all. Like, Scottie Pippen posts up a little bit, but like, Grant Hill doesn't do it at all. So, he would fit well in the modern NBA. It's just his career got cut short, but it was very, very interesting once. What do you to say, Chris?
1: Right yeah, I could player, feel that. Wrong era. He's definitely one of those players who were just a little mm-hmm. bit be- were just too before their time because the way you describe him and the way that I've seen him is more like he will fit perfectly mm-hmm. into our era of basketball today. He mean like when you can I mean I'm mm-hmm. not gonna I don't like to compare the two because it's two different players. But the way you describe and the way we see is more like a LeBron with the ball, like he's not—he he's a great passer. He can pull the ball, he can go forward with the ball, you know, run that pace, run the fast break for you, mm-hmm. and he can control that tempo of the game. He may no. not be able to extend the four like LeBron does, but you know, injuries cut his cut 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 injuries. <laughs> I'm skipping now. <laughs> injuries cut his yes, he does time short, so he becomes a what if story. Just like when we look at Bill One, he's a what if story. What what, what if he didn't get injured? What would he look like? <laughs> now we now we have to. <laughs> well Grant Hill would look like a rubber. He would be yeah. able to play well into yeah. the early thousands and be effective. And then think about think about what that Detroit Pistons team looks Ooh. like now. The championship Detroit Pistons team. The slapping
0: teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd exactly. All right, let's lean yeah. in the number six, Penny Hardaway. All right, six-seven point guard, three-time All NBA. His three-point percentage is around thirty-two percent. Uh, this guy's best assist year was uh, sorry, I hit the wrong button. Okay, six point nine. And his best points scored was 21.3, rebounds around four. But you want to know what's something that made me a little excited and feel like, okay, I feel good about putting him where we put him? His playoff totals one season, 25-4 and in the playoffs. Yeah, that's pretty nice. That's
1: pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, per game during that Mm -hmm. season – it was uh thirty one with uh, only playing five games, so it's just uh, I was looking at per thirty six cents per thirty six minutes stats. I was looking at the wrong one, so it was thirty one points per game. Um, so he, no, yeah. he is such a special player, and it's part of it's sad because he's six seven. He's extremely explosive. Like it's. He, he could play in this era. It's not even a question. You know, he's a pretty solid three-point for shooter sure for the era. Uh, he could post up the smaller defenders, but he's just such an athletic freak. Could shoot the mid-range. He definitely has, like, the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, like, the pass-first point guard in him. And that's what I honestly think was a little bit of the problem for him because if he would have played, like, the modern guard and just attacked... With that body and the skill set and his athleticism, he would have been wow. It would have been wow. I mean, he was already wow. He flashed wow, but it would have been, jeez, he's next.
1: I can agree with that for sure. Um, looking at Penny, you do yes. see the athleticism, the flashes, the greatness. But it's just that his injuries cut his... Mm-hmm cut his time short in the NBA. Um, It's another one of those what-if stories. The what-if he never got hurt in Shaq State, you know? And you're kind of just trying to figure it out. Um, But with Penny, one thing I will say about Penny is that he definitely looked like an evolution of basketball for me. Because here is okay let's step let's take a let's go a decade back a decade back we had the original tall guard mm-hmm. magic johnson okay couldn't shoot that well had more of a body for a little bit closer to the basket yes. type of guard but he still set up the the offense but i mean the offense for him so he was a traditional guard he's at the offense but he's more he wasn't. He couldn't extend his range. He Didn't have a three ball. He was more mid yeah. range and really close up. He had, he had a hook moves. shot. I mean, you know, he could. But he can always get. He had post moves and he can get the ball to Kareem. Now, fast forward ten years, you mm-hmm. have Penny, the next tall guard. Now this guard can shoot better. He can't pass on the level of, George, of Magic Johnson. Much greater right? athlete. He's a great passer. That yes. Much greater athlete, more athletic. Now this is the evolution. Mm-hmm. Now you see the guard changing. This guard sets up the sets up the future guards, the guards of the next of the next decade, and yeah. the and the decade after that. Because now they're looking at Penny like, okay, wait a second, I don't have to be a mm-hmm. traditional point guard now. I can if I can score and pass pretty good. Yeah. Now I can be effective in the NBA. Yes. I don't have to worry about getting the ball to the big all the time. I can take on the load on the scoring load. I don't have to run the pick-and-roll. Then you have players like... Jamal Murray is smaller than Penny, but now you have Jamal Murrays, You have the Derrick Roses, these athletic guards who can do amazing things on the court, and now they were looking at Penny crossing people up and scoring on them.
0: He's definitely amazing. I'm so glad we have him on the list. All right. Let's start breaking in the top five. All right. Carl Malone. We got a four-time All Defensive Team. You got a f- two-time MVP. We have a four-time, ta- fourteen-time All All NBA, fourteen-time All NBA. That's insane. This guy is top five all-time <sighs> points. So his 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 points like never dip below twenty-four. And they get peak around 30. Rebounds-wise, he's just around 10, a little over 10. Assist-wise, he's peaking out around 4. So this... I mean, he's the greatest uh, fast-break runner at power forward of all time. He's extremely gifted. So See, this is what I was amazed with with Karl Malone. Like, I knew that Karl Malone was extremely strong. I knew that. But I... I saw some flashes of him being athletic when we watched the 80s podcast, but I didn't think for a single second that that would last until the 90s. I don't know what that guy was doing, working out and doing yeah. whatever he did to his body, but he definitely was able to sustain a high level of athleticism, which is honestly amazing, especially when you pair the pick and roll with John Stockton. like It's phenomenal. And so you pair that with a great mid-range shot and a more post moves than Charles Barkley. I'm honestly a little surprised that people have Charles above Karl Malone. I, I think it's because people assume that John Stockton made him better, which I can see that argument making sense. But I just... He's just such a phenomenal player. I was so amazed at how high level of a player he is. He's probably a top five power forward of all time. So I just... I'm extremely impressed. What do you have to say?
1: I was definitely about to get into that because my whole thing was with the John Stockton, you know, we already had John Stockton on our list. He's one of the top 10 guards. One of the top 10 guards yes. of all time. He's on our top 10 of the 90s. Now we have Karl Malone we're talking about. Would Karl Malone have been as effective as he was without the picker roll, without a John we're Stockton? post.
0: Side? Yeah.
1: That's one thing we yeah. will never know, but that's a, one of those what if things, you know. So we can't really go and be like, okay, well, John Stockton and made Carmelo better, even though I'm starting to think that as well. Because of course, if you're always getting the ball and you're getting it down low, and you have the build and the athleticism to be able to score and yeah. be effective on the court, then you're going to do so. It's the game yes. becomes easy to you when you have John Stockton, because all you ha- your only your only thought process is to get the ball, mm-hmm. ball, hoop, hoop, ball. That's it. <laughs> So when the game become when you have that special player like John Stockton next mm-hmm. to you you can become special yourself because now you have now you, the thoughts are just out the window now mm-hmm. you just worry about scoring and that's where he was able to be most effective is when his mind didn't have to worry about oh we have to do this we have to do that when he could just score and that's what John Stockton allowed him to do to just be an efficient scorer. That's why we have him on our list because he was able to score at such a high level because of the pe- because of the person the personnel in John Stockton yeah. who was able. I to I feel make like it that's a good point.
0: Yeah, I feel like they were just so perfectly paired with each other because obviously. John Stockton is not a great like I'm going to attack the basket. So having a freak of nature like Carmelo to play with is a perfect fit. Yeah. All right. Honestly, I just want to say before we break this list, the top four is amazing. the The top four is the best top four Ew. we've ever had. He this this so top far. four is. It, it may be four of the top twenty all-time players. I mean, oh, easily. They, they they're dirty, man. All of them are crazy. All right, let's 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 break the seal with uh David Robinson. All right, David Robinson, is seven foot one, which is taller than I think people think. So you're looking at a uh, block champion in 1992, scoring champion 93, 94, ten-time All NBA, won the MVP once, Defensive Player of the Year 91, 92, two-time NBA champ. Wow, that's a resume right there, bro. That is a resume. Seven one two thirty five. Yeah. Looks like it's built from granite. Uh Free throw percentage is 73%, so he's not a weak link there. Um, yeah, points per game-wise, he's peaking out around 29.8, so basically 30 blocks. Oh, my God. Does that say 4.5? <laughs> <Shit. laughs> oh crap. <laughs> that was a live reaction hard. right there, boys. <laughs> All right? Wow. Uh, Four point <laughs> eight assists is peak, and rebounds is thirteen peak. Wow, those stats are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, we're gonna be talking about this guy for a while because I feel like this is we both love this guy. It's one of those moments, again, on the podcast that we love him so much we don't even really know where to start. Oh, man. I'm just going to start with athletically. Yeah. He is okay. way more athletic than I thought. Like, I thought, oh, 7-1 center, that's really strong. He post-moves 90s guy. It's like, Okay, makes sense. And won the MVP, probably really skilled. Uh, What? The dude is like 99% of Dwight Howard's athleticism but 7 foot 1. 3 inches taller than Dwight Howard. What? Yeah. Mid-range shot? That's nice. The ability that he has to impact the rim defensively and the post scoring skill? What? He's amazing, Chris. Yes. Yeah, he's
1: definitely one of those players you have to yes. watch to believe. Because for me, this yes. was one of the most surprising mm-hmm. watches that I've had. Because hearing about the Twin Towers in San Antonio, I was like, oh, he's probably mm-hmm. like yeah, he stuck to older the floor, then, can't really get around and stuff like that. Of course, he was older then, <sighs> but after watching Prime David Robinson, the Admiral... Wow. I was like, "Oh my gosh! Yes. Like, wh- who is this guy?" I'm, I mean, he, oh my gosh! This is
0: how I, I, I'm about to put this in perspective. My opinion. I'm gonna go right now. Go. I'm gonna go off right now. Listen. he would have been the second best player in the '60s. He would have been the second place, second best player in the '70s. Easily. He would have been one of the top three in the, in the '80s. He could be in the NBA right now. And he'd be tied in my opinion with Joel Embiid to be the best center in the league. And he would have been the best center in the league in between Shaq and JoJo. If he would have played with Dwight Howard. He would have slapped Dwight Howard. He would have made Dwight Howard his his, his bitch.
1: Easily. David Robinson was built like I don't even know. And then he was he was such a different center for this league. Yes. He was so athletic. And then he was able to. No. He wasn't like stuck to the floor. No. Like he could. Oh my God. I mean, gosh. we're
0: watching older Kareem last time. Moses Malone's not like David Robinson. You know what I mean? I mean, even Prime Kareem's not like no. David Robinson. The only guy yeah. that's more athletic at the center position is Will Chamberlain. We have to bring up Will Chamberlain to compare you to somebody. You're pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> 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 so right, exactly. I. 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 I, 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 I wow. It's. The fact that we have somebody at three and two is so impressive. I I just I was so glad we watched this guy play. He definitely, I definitely have way more respect for him beforehand than what I have. What I had, I had way l- more respect now than I had beforehand. It's just he is, he is definitely top twenty player of all time. He would slap some people right now around. Man. The pick and roll, the pick and roll. Did you think about this too? were we at sync? <laughs> he would be slapping some people to pick a roll of John Stockton. Yes. Yes. Easily. 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 Yes. He would have greater Could you numbers imagine to alone? lobs. Bro, who's getting higher than him in the nineties? Nobody. Nobody. I'm so glad I it's pretty impressive. We didn't talk about that at all. We are definitely in Houston. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he yes. had the quadruple double
0: his team was not that good around him it's sad yeah. but he, he's, he's yeah, yeah. later in, he did have
1: young Timmy D though
0: special watch man special watch it, I, phew, yeah there's somebody from every podcast we love and this is, this is definitely the guy from the podcast All right. Sadly, we have to move on. It's not sad though because we're moving on to somebody amazing. Yeah. All right, Hakeem Olajuwon. This guy's seven foot. He's got a two-time rebounding champ. He's a two-time NBA champ back to back. Three-time block champ. Twelve-time All NBA. Jesus. Nine-time All Defenses. He's the all-time blocks leader. Jeez. Two times Finals MVP. MVP in the regular season. He's peaking out numbers-wise around 27.8 points per game. Blocks-wise, oh, my God, 4.6 and 4.2. He had multiple seasons over four? Jeez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. David Robinson. Is Slapping shit. <laughs> and then you have him peaking out at 14 rebounds Honestly. in the beginning of the 90s and slowing down to, like, 9.2 and 97. So it's just... <laughs> This is, it's, he's different than David Robinson because David Robinson is a different tier athletically, but not at the same time. Because Hakeem's feet are absolutely amazing. And I had already heard about that, but what really was impressive was like, I knew he had like the dream shake, but I didn't know he had like a thousand moves like Kevin McHale. I didn't know he had such an unstoppable post fadeaway. Like I didn't know that he'd spin baseline, you know, fade away from that spot. I I mean he spaces out from the mid-range. He's absolutely amazing. Uh he has great timing timing with rebounding. He's obviously a phenomenal defender. Uh he's just an extremely coordinated player. I literally saw him dribble through the legs and spin To the basket and dunk, kind of like Giannis, which was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, That's probably once in a lifetime move for him, but to see him do something like that. But it's just this guy is—it's like if Kevin McHale was seven foot, stronger, faster, better feet, and had a a dope ass post fadeaway. Like that's this is what he would look like because Kevin McHale does have a ton of moves. It's just this this guy's amazing too. Like Key Melange one, is ridiculous. Like it's just, <sighs> yeah. What do you what do you think?
1: And yes. It's why the Rocks oh my are god! Back to go yes. back. Nobody. Because who can stop Elijah one? And it goes back to like when you wanna see what Mm -hmm. Elijah Wong would look like today look no further than what I believe is to be one of the greatest names of the modern NBA
0: he definitely, JoJo definitely does steal a lot of moves from Hakeem for sure he's a little thicker of a guy than Hakeem but I see where you're going with that
1: he's I would just want to say that like, that's really what I want to yes. say But I just want to compare these two players to each other yes. because they're so similar in that they were just, well, Hakeem Olajuwon revolutionized the center position, in my opinion, because not many people, not many centers yes. besides uh, a David Robinson, <laughs> you know, were able to extend mm-hmm. and control the game from the center position. They weren't, I mean even though this was the year of the center, there were so many centers. Kim Olajuwon was one of those centers that was head and shoulders, knees and toes. Facts, yes. Above the rest yes, of the centers. I you know?
0: agree. He's absolutely amazing, man. I. This, this top four is ridiculous. It's so stacked. All of these guys, top 20 all the time. We're about to break into this top 10. My, my top five. We're I mean, breaking into my top five of those last two. Yeah. All right. Number two, seven foot two, three twenty-five, which we don't even know if that's actually his real weight. We all know Shaq can't shoot free throws. You got a two-time scoring champion, fourteen-time All NBA, four-time NBA champ, three-time All Defensive, three-time MVP. Oh, MVP '99 then 2000. Rookie of the year nineteen twenty three. I mean just what this is is by the time he's playing in nineteen ninety nine, he is basically twenty eight, twenty nine, and he's so dominant. I mean it's twenty seven and eleven. Wait no I'm reading the wrong year nine and uh thirteen and six, which is absolutely ridiculous with three blocks. It's just at his peak he is so... What other centers have in athleticism and post moves, he has the ultimate trump card, which he is just... He's, he's, he's so big and strong. You know what I mean? Yes. But he pair that with the amazing ability to move so well at that size. I mean, the way he moves at that size is... Yes. The way he moves at that size is it's ridiculous. He has obviously has the, the hook shots that he has with that weird one-handed thing he does. It's such an ugly shot. But it works for him for the, in the post. It's just... Yeah. He's just such a dominant force in 1999 that we sadly, even though we both love Hakeem to do, uh, David Robinson, we have to put him here. He's just so strong and physical. Nobody can guard him. He's just... The way he impacts the game is unlike anybody else. So, yeah, that's that's my, my, my... What I have to say about his ridiculousness. What do you think?
1: So, what I'm going to focus on okay. is more of the what-if aspect of Shaq. So, we have his teammate yes. in our yes. top ten list mm-hmm. of the 80s, Penny Hardaway. Um, the what-if story is... Shaq wasn't always a Laker. He's the player play for the Orlando yeah. Magic. That's what he was drafted by. So, what if Shaq didn't leave? What if like they valued him as much as, I mean, as he should have been, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: and they would have gave him the $100 Which million is nothing notes.
1: now. <laughs> right. What if they gave him $100 million, how many rings would they have been able to acquire? Think of it for a second. Penny is revolutionizing the... is taking what Magic did and revolutionizing yes. the point guard position. Tall guard, he's, he's beating up on the, young, on the smaller guys. He can score at a high level, but he's still doing it traditionally, so Shaq is going to be even more yes. effective because he has a skilled guard. It's not like you have Derek Fisher passing the ball. You have Penny Hardaway, who was one of the top ten point guards. If you want to put him in there, because yes. of his, because of the fact that he got injured. If Shaq was there, maybe he wouldn't have had such a great, had mm-hmm. such a big load on him. Maybe he wouldn't have gotten injured. That's a that's a more of a what if story because now you have Shaq who can take majority of the scoring off your shoulders. Now you can just focus on. Yeah, I
0: I feel like that's a good what if story. I. I definitely agree with you from the sentiment that it would have been interesting to see him with his second-best player on the team as a distributor. Um, he's just such a phenomenal player, and I wonder if at one point in time they would have been really good at the pick-and-roll. I feel like Shaq could have been. Like, who's getting around his screens? Like, jeez. Could you imagine him setting screens for Steph Curry? That's prime. <laughs> oh my goodness! Nobody's going ball. around him, and once he starts going downhill, nobody's getting in front of him. <laughs> oh my god! No, yeah. <laughs> no! But wasn't He's just such an amazing human being, once in a lifetime. Oh yes! Can I do number one Go for though?
1: It. All righty So I want to start by saying that let's disregard our opening. Message: uh, How you lay from outside he, of the finals? You can't make six. it in because this player right here, uh-huh. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, six and zero in the finals. I see. Wow, where I was blind at because I used to be so blind to the fact that Michael Jordan was such a great player. Because you look at LeBron and you just like, oh my god, you get you actually got to witness LeBron, you know. That was one of his first ad campaigns for Nike. Witness. You got to witness the greatness Mm. of LeBron. I never saw Michael Jordan play. i watched highlights, but those were when I was younger. So I was always able like, I wasn't really into basketball at that point. But as now as I'm more versed in basketball and I watch a little bit more, now I can go to it from a more critical standpoint and I can understand a little bit better. So I watched the NBA mm. Open Court about Michael Jordan. That's who's number one on our list. I watched the NBA Open Court about Michael Jordan. And they were pointing out making some points, some really good points about Michael Jordan about how he had the best team of the 90s, how Scottie Pippen yes. complimented him well, which we've already said in our podcast. Um, but his problem was that he didn't trust mm. his teammates. That was his big problem. And once yes. he was able to do that, he was able to get over the hump. So now taking that into consideration and watching his highlights now from a different standpoint, now I'm able to better understand and appreciate Jordan because now we see, now I'm seeing how athletically gifted he is. Now I'm able to see, okay, he's not Mm -hmm. a great passer, but he's making some good decisions. Now I'm able to see that he may not be one of the best shooters, but oh my God, he can shoot a little bit. Like he has the great, he has good scoring moves and good, He's a great scorer, outstanding scorer, one of the better scorers. And I just want to say that I was wrong. I mean, I see why people have him as number one on the the all-time list, as the greatest player of all time. I see Mm -hmm. why. I see why Skip Bayless Mm -hmm. loves him so much. I understand. I see. Mm Because, oh, my God, that first step is just amazing. The way he's able to hang and control himself in the air is just amazing. Like, you've never seen nothing Mm -hmm. like that before. And then, yeah, I was already... Yeah, other than a couple other players, but... LeBron, yeah. When you... When I was watching him, it's just like, wow. Wow. Like, that's all I could say was just, wow. Wow. I've never seen anything like that.
0: Yeah, so... I agree with you because I feel like we have the perspective of watching him in the 80s that I agree with you that he grew as a passer um, I feel like Phil Jackson did a great job of having a movement a player movement offense for him to be able to, to completely have the defense at least have something that a guard other than Michael Jordan create easy passing opportunities for him because a lot of those cuts are based around trying to attack the rim off the ball so I feel like that was a really good system for him um, so it's just, he is, I completely agree with you on so many things. He is phenomenal drawing fouls. He's very much like LeBron. He's going to get all the calls. Um, his triple threat is so dominant for him because I completely agree with you. The first step is probably the greatest first step of all time. Um, once he gets you on his hip, it's over. He's finishing at the rim and um his mid range is he's probably the greatest or one of the greatest mid range shooters of all time he he shoots it off of screens, which is again really weird watching really weird watching I'm broadcasting and uh he is just so amazing and dominant the way he he moves off the ball pretty well too is just he he and the idea he reminds me of braun a little bit because. Braun has fallen down to like 99% athletically but his skill is like so much better so from like the 80s he's a little more athletic but it's not that mm-hmm. much so it's just his skill is at a completely right. different level and he's so mentally above everybody else and he's a he's a winner you can see that he's a killer he's, he's a phenomenal player he's, he's a great finisher he's Obviously, you know I think he's the greatest individual defender of all time, and he just he gets close to the basket, he scores. It's just he's he's so phenomenal. I, and I, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun watching him play too. Uh, choosing between him and Wilt, I'm gonna have to watch Wilt again. It's really close, even though I might lean Michael Jordan. Um, it's just. Yeah, he completely dominated the era. He is the people who consider the GOAT. I mean, it's not a bad person to consider your GOAT. He's a phenomenal player. The only flaws, I think, is, you know, the three-point shooting translating to the modern game, and the way NBA defenses are played now are different than the way they were played then with less help defense and more off the ball. The way the defense is played now looks different, but... uh... Yeah. yeah. He's, he's absolutely phenomenal, man. It's just, yeah, he's great. What do you, do you have anything else?
1: Yeah, I do have a couple more things. Um, So one thing that I do want to say is that I would prefer if instead of we having a greatest of all time, Mm -hmm. we have a generational greatest of all time because if that's the case, then I would definitely, without a doubt, give it to Jordan. Because he's not just head and shoulders above the competition. He's head, shoulders, knees, and toes, just like Elijah one, mm-hmm. above the competition. Like, period. He's the greatest we have mm-hmm. seen up until this yeah, point. He's,
0: I mean, he's such a culmination of everybody that's played in the NBA up to that point. I mean, I... You definitely see a lot of Dr. J, Alex English. You definitely see uh, some David Thompson, the freaky athlete. Um, George Gervin's ability to finish at the rim—it's just so many guys blended into one phenomenal player. And he just—he's—he's he's so phenomenal, man. He definitely inspired a generation of players after him. He's—he's he's the ISO guy. I mean. He should honestly take it with respect that it took twenty years for a guy to put up a good enough resume to say he's better than me. like in a in a sport that we know from doing this podcast that yeah. grows so much and changes so much the evolution of b- basketball you know what I mean the fact that somebody took him uh, took twenty years to be considered better wait no, more like thirty closer to 30, twenty to thirty yeah. it's it's just phenomenal you should take that as a and with pride you know what I mean. for sure
1: jordan is just i mean i'm i get kind of speechless now because like i was just such a critic. now i'm just like a believer
0: it's like he found christ (laughs) (laughs) he's black jesus (laughs) yeah does reggie miller say that yep (laughs) yeah That's like (laughs) as good of a nickname as exists on planet Earth. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like, Jordan
1: is just, Jordan's phenomenal. I'm honestly glad that, you know, he had
0: such a phenomenal team and expanded the NBA to what it is now, you know what I mean? So many people love watching it.
1: I got one more thing. Are you ready for this what if moment? Okay. What if Jordan never got Scott? No. Does he still win?
0: Wait. Those teams sucked in that era. Like there weren't they weren't stacked. You know what I mean? Like Charles Barkley didn't have a star. Gary Payton had yeah. Sean Kemp, but he was not as impressive as you would think. It would have been interesting because the East was pretty terrible. I I don't know. It would have been really tough. I think he would have been able to make a push a couple of years to it. Uh he doesn't elevate others, which you know, maybe why I like LeBron more, but uh so I I It's so tough because there wasn't a great team that could just say no. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like LeBron James playing against Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce and Rizzo Rondo. But like, no, he has no chance. But, you know, what? that weak East, yeah, I would say is a chance. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'll give it to you. Ooh, wait. Wondering. Shaq
0: and Penny? No way. Just... He's not going to pat through Shaq, well, and, Penny Who? Shaq oh. and Penny and LeBron. Shaq and Penny,
1: it broke up. Okay,
0: then, yeah, no chance.
1: So it's just Penny. Here's the, here's another what if 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 Penny doesn't get hurt, do they? Tracy McGrady never goes to the yeah, red.
0: probably. Where does he go? Ooh, he stays in he stays Vince in the records. Vince Carter and T Mac in the East. I'd say with Jay Kidd making it to the NBA Finals a few times in a row, I'd say they'd probably have a go to the NBA Finals to get slapped by Kobe and Shaq for a few years. Yeah. Yep. Everybody was going to get slapped by Kobe and Shaq until somebody made a super team in the East or made five great players from Detroit. Ah, rip Hamilton, Johnson Phillips. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, such a great upset in NBA history, that is. Yeah. Honestly. All right. Do you have anything else?
1: Yeah, just we unbeliever. are the We Believe team now.
0: <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> All right, so this is going to
0: be the end of the podcast. If you guys like this podcast, you please give us five stars or hit the download button. It really helps us as a new podcast. And Chris, you can give, us, give them our socials. All
1: right, so you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram at underscore addicted, the number two basketball. It's underscore addicted to basketball.
0: All right. I am Jason Collins.
1: And I'm Chris Muhammad.
0: And we are the Basketball Addicts. Peace.